0: ...of an inexperienced pilot who was flying on a cloudy day. Now just because he was inexperienced, he didn't trust the landing process of flying yet. And so when the control tower said to him, hey, it's time to land, let us bring you in, he began to panic. And the the control tower could understand his panicking, and so they simply said to him these words. You just obey instructions... And I, we, will take care of obstructions. I love that the control tower didn't say, hey, it's going to be easy. You're going to be fine. No, it may not be easy. But what the control tower promised is that, hey, if you trust what we have to say, we will do our very best to get you back safely. When I heard this story, I could not help but think of the words in the book of Proverbs The author Solomon, he says this about trusting God. He says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to or acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Just like this pilot needed help navigating the conditions in order to get home safely, so too do we need help and navigating the complexities of our daily lives. If we are going to land safely, then we need to hear our God who occupies the control tower saying these words to us. You just obey obey instructions, and I'll take care of the obstructions. You see how God is going to help us land in this life how we're supposed to get where we need to be is found at the end of verse 6 Solomon again he puts it this way he meaning God will make your paths straight During Christmas time my daughter she received a wish bracelet for Christmas and she was excited because she took it literally if she makes a wish on this bracelet Anything that she wants will come true. Well, the next morning, I could hear my daughter getting frustrated in the other room. And I went up to her and I said, Eden, what's wrong? And you could tell she was so angry. She goes, this bracelet doesn't work. My wishes aren't coming true. I wonder if we look at the end of verse 6 in the same way. So often, we take these verses to mean that God will never allow bad things to happen to us. Or that if we just believe in God, all of our wishes will come true. But that's simply not the case. In fact, nowhere in Scripture does God say we will live an easy life. Nowhere in Scripture does it say all of our dreams and all of our wishes will come true. In fact, one of the things that Jesus says that helps me to trust him even more is that he promises life is going to be hard. John 16, he puts it this way. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. This is why understanding the importance and understanding what God is saying about living this straight path is so crucial for us. It doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean we're going to take detours along the way. We are human we mess up often. That is why God promises a straight path, meaning he will take us where we need to go, even at times where we don't want to go in that direction. That he will take us down a path that though it won't be easy, it will be for our good somehow and in some way. That's what I love about God's plan. Again, he doesn't promise an easy path. He promises trials and sorrows. But these trials and sorrows, they don't have to derail us. In fact, God promises that he will use the hard times in our lives to shape us. It's the hardest things that we go through that help us become more like Jesus. And it's in these trials and in our sorrows that when we trust God, he will lead us to exactly what where we need to be, which is ultimately God's good plan for us. And I can't think of a better and straight path than being on God's uh, plan and having him guide us along the way. But here's the deal that I think we oftentimes forget. Our relationship with God is a relationship. Just like any relationship in life, any relationship is a partnership. It takes two to tango. It takes one person doing something and it takes the other person doing something. That's what a relationship is. And when it comes to God, God promises a straight path. But we too have a part to play in this. We too have instructions to obey. And in verse 5 and in the beginning of verse 6, God tells us exactly what we ought to do in order to get exactly where we need to be. Again, verse 5. Solomon, he puts it this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. These words, trust and lean, they essentially mean the same thing. To trust in something or to lean on something means to fully rely upon that thing. To trust in something and to rely upon something is to put our entire confidence in that one thing. And Solomon, what he is doing here is saying, look, you have two options. He puts two different ideas next to each other so that you and I can choose. We can trust in God, or we can trust in ourselves. And if you're like me, I oftentimes do the latter. You see, from the moment we are born, we are conditioned to depend on ourselves in order to navigate this world. I mean, think about it. Some of the first words that come out of a baby's mouth are mama, dada, and no. We learn at an early age to say no to the things that we don't want and yes to the things that we do want. God has given us an incredible capacity to make decisions, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. The problem, though, happens when we trust in ourselves And we believe our way is always the right way. And from our vantage point, we only see what we see and we determine that's exactly the way I want to go. We get ourselves in trouble when we lean upon or trust in or put our confidence in something else in order to get where we think we need to be. And this causes so many issues. In fact, here's just a few of those that many of us can struggle with. Uh, We trust in what's in our bank account or in the things that we can buy. So many of us do that. Or a lot of us, we rely upon and find security in another person. We put our whole hope, our whole confidence in that one person to give us what we want or to take us where we need to be. Or we put our entire confidence in our personality, our looks, our skills, and our way of thinking to navigate this life. And let me tell you, money, people, ourselves, they're not bad things. In fact, they're really, really good things. But what happens if we lose everything? What happens if the person that we relied upon and found confidence in, we thought that person was always going to be there for us? What happens if they disappoint us or they let us down? And what happens? If in the end, we've always relied upon ourselves, we've navigated our own path, we've determined whatever I think is the right thing, what happens in the end if our way is actually the wrong way? These things were never, ever intended to bear the full weight and confidence That we put in those things we should never be surprised if we trust in money trust in other people trust in ourselves is if we put our whole ultimate worth and concern in those things that those things crumble underneath of us eventually and then what are we left with you know I think of the pilot story again just for a moment I think of what would happen if the pilot didn't listen to the control center. Even though he was fearful, even though he can only see a certain way, if he thought, you know what, I'm just going to rely upon myself to get me back and safe and sound on the ground. Would he have crashed? I'm not sure. But what I do know is that there was a greater chance of landing safely if he would listen to the control tower. The same is true for you and me, isn't it? Think of the times when there were obstacles in your life and you went at them and you tried to defeat them thinking you knew better than them. How many times in our lives where we tried to land safely but because we trusted in ourselves, because we put our hope in somebody else, because we trusted in something that is created for us that we ended up crashing and burning along the way. God has given us things to use, to enjoy. But those created things are never meant to depend upon. The only thing that has been created for us to depend upon is a relationship with God himself. You and I were created to do that. To trust fully in him. To put our whole confidence in fully in him, to rely fully on him. And let me tell you, I make you this promise that when you do this, what's underneath of you will never crash and burn. It'll never crumble. It'll always be there for you to safely land upon. So let me ask you this question. We're starting a new year. We're making all of these resolutions. And hey, if we're honest, we're probably not going to do all of them but can I please ask you to consider doing something in 2022? Would you join me in doing what I think will be the very best for us, way better than a diet plan? What if 2022 was the year that we stopped trusting in ourselves and we began fully trusting in God? I mean that we look to God not just to give us what we want, or as a rabbit's foot, or a wish bracelet. But if we look to God and said, God, no matter what happens in my life, you are in the control tower. You know what's best for me. And now, every single day, I am going to renew my trust, and my confidence, and my reliance upon you. Imagine what would happen, basing your life on something that can't crumble, and can't disappoint you. If 2022 is anything like the last two years, look out. We can't control the circumstances, but we can control what we rely upon. What will 2022 look for you? Solomon, he gives us one more instruction. After he says to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding, he says in all your ways submit to or acknowledge him. It was about 10 years ago where my life was rocked Forever. Paula and I, my wife, we were at a ministry conference, and it was such a great experience. And we grew closer, and we grew closer to the Lord, but it was there where I felt this stirring in my life to leave Sandusky, the place I knew for all of my life, and for Paula and I to head to Grand Rapids, Michigan, to go to seminary. It was such a wild thing to even think through, because Paula and I, we both were full-time at the chapel, We both were in student ministries, and we loved the students that we were serving. Our family, they lived two miles from each other, so we were always close to our greatest support network. And oh, by the way, Paula was pregnant with our first child. If I were to rely on my own understanding, let me tell you, I never would have left. But again, you get to a point in life where you're at a fork in the road you either have to truly depend on yourself or you have the option to truly trust and put your confidence in God. And at that point, Paula and I, we knew that we could not lean on our own understanding, but we had to trust God that he knew what was best for us, that he knew what was around the corner. He knew where he needed to take us. And in order to do that, we had to submit to him and say, God, I don't know where you're taking us, and it doesn't make sense, but I'm gonna take your hand and go with you. Lead us where you want us to go. And can I tell you, looking back over 10 years, it has been a really hard 10 years in many ways. So many issues with my oldest son, Hudson, when it comes to physical issues, seeing my stepdad die on on his motorcycle, and so many sorrows and trials along the way that I wouldn't wish them upon anybody. But I can fully and confidently assure you that though it's been hard, God has us where we need to be. That he has used all of these things over the last 10 years to shape my wife and I to become more and more like Jesus, to depend on him more and more, and to understand that where he has us isn't exactly where we want to be, but it's exactly where we need to be. And I believe that. You see, it's no surprise that Solomon says that trust and submission go hand in hand. Because when we intimately know God, the more we will trust him. When we trust God, we know that he knows better than we do. He has such a better perspective from his control tower than we do. And so because he is there and because we can trust him, we can say to God, God, I don't know where you're taking me, but if you're asking me to go this way, I submit to you and I obey you, and I know that no matter what happens, you will lead us to where we're supposed to be. The person that I look to, to guarantee that God will get us where we need to be, even if it's hard, is my hero, Jesus. It was Jesus who finally came to the end of his life and he knew the road ahead of him was going to be the hardest road that anyone in humanity has ever taken not only is Jesus going to die on the cross in that physical pain but it's that spiritual pain of all humanity sin and death itself onto Jesus and Jesus though he was fully God he was fully human like you and me and he looked to the father and said father There's got to be another way. I mean, can you please take care of humanity's problem, but can you not allow me to suffer in the meantime? The father said, no, this is the only way. And so Jesus, because he trusted the father implicitly, what does he do? He obeyed. He submitted. And he echoed the words that I try to live by, and I hope you do as well. God, not my will, but your will be done. So my question to you is this. As you enter in a new year of your life, and you want to forge a new path, and you want to get to where you need to be, which is this straight path that God has for you, what if 2020 was the year where the words of Jesus, not my will, but your will be done, became my way and your way of life? That from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, in the midst of things that we don't understand and we can't comprehend, instead of taking control, we say, God, I give it to you. I don't want it my way. I want it your way. Take me where you need to be. You see, Jesus promises us a straight path. That straight path will be full of trials and sorrows. But those trials and sorrows, they don't have to derail us. They can shape us. For a straight path is getting where we need to be, becoming like Jesus, and ultimately fulfilling his plan for us. And though it's going to be hard and difficult, he will shape us and who we need to be and get us where we need to be if we do just two things. Trust him fully and rely upon him And obey him wholeheartedly. In the words of the one who occupies the control tower. You just obey the instructions. And I'll take care of the obstructions. Let's pray together. Father, I'm just grateful for the truth that is found in this familiar passage. The truth is that I oftentimes trust in myself or others or other things more than you. How often, Lord, I've crashed and burned in my life because I have trusted in the wrong thing. Oh, Lord, I'm grateful for a new year because it gives us a new perspective on life and we get to walk a path. And God, you say you have a straight path for us, a path that leads to becoming more like you and leads to fulfilling your plan for our lives. And so all you ask for us to get there is to trust and depend fully on you and to submit to and obey what you're asking us to do, even when it doesn't make sense. Jesus, your will be done, not my will. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Eric. We're going to move in just a moment toward a time of communion together. When you came in, you should have received one of these containers with the bread and the cup. If you didn't, just raise your hand and somebody in the back will look for you and bring it to you. I see a couple hands. Thank you. Guys in the back, appreciate it. I I really love that we've started the year 2022 from from the book of Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. Have you read it before? Years ago, I learned that wisdom can be defined like this, being morally skillful and mentally discerning. Who doesn't want in this new year to be more morally skillful and mentally discerning? That's what the book of Proverbs teaches us as we acknowledge God's way. Of course, the fullest expression of wisdom is Jesus himself. When you come to the New Testament, it even says that Jesus himself is wisdom, the wisdom of God. And we can see that in how he treated people and the things that he taught and how he taught. In fact, crowds would surround him and at the end they'd... It says that they were astonished at how wise Jesus was. But at no point do we see a fuller expression of the wisdom of Jesus, the wisdom of God, than at the cross of Christ. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. All of the wisdom of the world pales in comparison to the wisdom of Christ crucified. Peter writes that, Christ died once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. There's the wisdom. God has done for us through Jesus what we could never do for ourselves. God has brought us, made a way for us to come to Himself through Christ, His death on the cross, where Jesus takes our sins upon Himself and offers us forgiveness to those who believe. Do you believe? If you do, this time of communion is for you. It's a time where we simply do what Jesus told us to do. Take the bread and the cup and let them symbolically represent his broken body and his shed blood. This time is for you. If you would, just bow your heads with me and let me walk us through a time of reflection. And now if you would, just quietly to yourself, say anything to God you need to say in the way of confession. And now in the next breath, quietly to yourself, thank God for the forgiveness that we have through Christ. For our past sins, our current sins, our future sins, we are saved by Christ alone. Thank you. And now quietly to yourself, just recommit and say, Jesus, I will acknowledge you. I will follow you, the leader of wisdom, Now, if you would just take the tap layer off the container, you'll find the bread there. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's eat it together.